Welcome to Hardware Addicts, a proud member of the Destination Linux Network. Hardware Addicts is the podcast that focuses on the physical components that power our technology world. In this episode, we're going to discuss what makes the perfect laptop. From the chassis through to the internals, we're going to build the laptop of our dreams since so many manufacturers can't seem to figure it out. And then we're going to head to the popular camera corner with Wendy, where we discuss the importance of flash in your photography. So sit back, relax, and plug in, because Hardware Addict starts now. I'm Ryan, your tech guide through the universe, and with me today are my two co-hosts, Wendy, our resident photographer extraordinaire and hardware enthusiast, along with Michael, the software sage and hardware Padawan. Let's find out what tech adventures everyone has had this week. Michael, what have you been doing? I have been getting a bunch of great hardware and equipment that I am so excited to try out that I haven't opened the box for most of it. All right, I'm 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 done with this, Wendy. I don't know <laughs> what we need to do, but this is not normal. How can you... How can you be on a hardware addict show and not rip open the box the second? I mean, for me, I am tracking the package, waiting for the delivery hour, pacing by my door when something new is coming. And the second that box hits my porch, I am ripping it open, trying to install it, fix it, turn it on, do something with it. And Michael sits here for weeks. Yeah, I don't understand how he does it because it's so much so that I, before it comes, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do an unboxing, get all everything set up and yeah, do an unboxing video. And I can't, I absolutely cannot wait and do that. I've got to see it first. Michael, why are mm-hmm. they still in the boxes? Oh, well, okay. So it wasn't like it's weeks. I mean, that's just an exaggeration, except for one of them is two weeks. But the... <gasps> The uh the audio interface is still in the box from like two weeks ago. There's hardware uh, abuse, Michael. My it's not abuse because it's it's totally fine. Uh the battery backup came from it came from Amazon, but the the box it came in is very damaged. So I was take I actually took photos of it to to like prove that it was damaged before I opened it and all that stuff because it is like it is. I don't know if the ba- if the the backup is still good. It probably is just because I'm pretty sure they're like super robust or whatever. But I'm pretty it, sure it is, but I won't plug it in to find out because reasons. Like, you're- no, 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 no. I was making sure that I had the documentation to prove that it was messed up before I did it. And then after I had that documentation, I chose to just ignore it for about a week. So let me put this in perspective, <laughs> I Michael. I, just, I can't. My daughter, who I'm raising right to be a, a tech geek, um, but she loves stuffed animals. Right. And when we were moving, because, you know, I've been moving to a new house, we could not put the stuffed animals in the U-Haul because she'd say they can't breathe. So we had to stuff them in the car, which we had no room for to make sure that the stuffed animals could breathe. Right. Because she's very attached to them. That's adorable. Yes, it's very adorable. That's how I feel about a motherboard sitting on my porch. Or a power <laughs> supply or anything else. I'm like, if it's sitting out there, it can't breathe, Michael. You got to open no, no. it up. And I brought it in. it in and I put it in my studio and it's it's sitting next to me. It's just also, I just haven't opened it. It's there. I treat it well. I want you to fix I do this track before it. the next Hardware Addict episode. <laughs> I will understand? have everything hooked up. Before the next, the next episode, I'll have everything hooked up and I will try everything guaranteed uh right. asterisk if you maybe. don't you will no, be no asterisk no asterisk yeah. no if it's no. not open by next episode <laughs> and i know you won't lie to us about it 
you will have to use GNOME for three weeks. Oh, that is just too much. It's going to be open for no, sure. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the deal, Wendy. We'll find out if he sticks to it next week. Otherwise, you are on the GNOME desktop, sir. Wendy, tell me you have something new that you actually opened so it could breathe. Not only do I have something new and opened, so of course it could breathe, but it was kind of an emergency purchase. So if you want the full story of why I got this, you're going to have to check out episode 29 of Deal and Extend. That's where I, I go of the over the why. I bought this new over-the-ear headset. So it's the Bose SoundLink Around Ear Headphone 2. And I was in a hurry to get this set of headphones. So originally, I'd reached out to the Dosky community and said, hey, you know, what headphones do you guys like? What's been good? And I got some awesome suggestions. And the biggest problem was most of those I couldn't get fast enough because I was in a time crunch to get these. So the ones I ended up founding were these bows locally from, I picked them up from Best Buy, our one and only local hardware stop. And I have to say, these things have been absolutely amazing. So I bought them on the 13th of August and they are extremely comfortable. So the ear cup around is super soft great tension on the headsets so you can wear them for a long time comfortably. They sound really good, which Bose is known for having pretty good sound quality. And some of that is lost on me. I know I've talked about before, my hearing isn't all that great, especially on the right side. So any of the audiophile stuff, that will be completely lost on me, but they sound good. And what I find even more amazing is the call quality on these has been fantastic. I've had quite a few different phone calls with people using the built-in microphone on the headset. And sometimes with other Bluetooth devices that I've got, I've had people with feedback saying, oh, I can't hear you very well. It's kind of scratchy. And they've never had any of that with these. And I've had really long conversations, like two-hour phone call conversations with these Never had an issue that way. I can leave my phone in one part of the house and go all over the rest of the house and still be able to hear the music that I'm listening to or continue the the call conversation wow. and everything. Yeah, I mean, they are solid. I have not run the battery down on these yet. Well, Bose gets a bad rap sometimes because I think snobby people in the audiophile community just don't want Bose to be taken seriously. I don't know because every time I've owned a Bose headset, I think they sound fantastic. I've also listened to their sound bars. And now, are there better headphones? Of course, because headphones go up to three grand if you want. There's always something better, but I think they definitely offer a premium sound and you can get a lot of joy out of them. And they put a lot of great tech into their headphones. So, I'm not surprised at all. I've had many pairs of bows over the years, and I've always been happy, especially with their noise cancellation capabilities. So I didn't get ones with the noise cancellation feature. And and some of that is I'm too afraid to have that and then have stuff going on around with the kids and not being able to hear what's going on. So that's not a feature I'm invested in yet. 
but they they're still been really good. They still block out enough that my husband will be talking to me and I'm like, Oh yeah. What did you say? <laughs> oh, that's a feature right there. I think we just probably sold a thousand of them. You can ignore your spouse with these headphones. Pick them up folks. <laughs> that's all you needed to know. Right. Hey Ryan, have you done anything recently like move around places and such? I did. I moved to a new house and I was talking <laughs> about this on destination Linux. You know, I've been doing everything preparing for the move to really consolidate all of the computer components and cords and everything I could down to being minimal to prepare to move to a new home and still be able to get set up to do all the podcasts and everything else and do some videos on YouTube. And I've been doing everything off of an Intel Nook. Well, now it's time to build a new machine. But the problem is I'm addicted to the small form factor machines because the power I've gotten out of this little Intel Nook is insane. I've been gaming insane frame rates per second. If you look at the DOS Geek channel, you know, well over 100 frames plus and many uh, great games, powerful games that require a lot of GPU. This thing's been able to push it through. Of course, I kind of have it hooked up to a Razer Core X with a 2070, but put that out the window and just know this <laughs> Intel Nook is very, very powerful by itself without even all of that. But I want to build something beastly, but in a small package. It doesn't take up a lot of desk space. And that's why I have in my shopping cart, I'm staring at right now, Wendy. And I know you've been here before, so you can feel me on this. I have a Leon Lee. TU-150 aluminum ITX case. We're going with the ITX form factor, small form factor case. Beautiful. And Leon Lee, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly or not, but back when I was a kid, this is the premium case that everybody wanted. This was the one you can't afford. This was the Neo Geo sitting up in a GameStop window that was just too expensive. And that was me as a kid. But now and as an adult, I can get one. And they're not even that expensive anymore. And they're not super popular as Thermaltake and other cases out there. But they still make an amazing product. And this TU-150 is just a gorgeous mini ITX case. I'm looking at the ASRock, which I'm not usually a huge fan of ASRock. But this particular board, the B550 Phantom Gaming motherboard here, has all of the features I want, including including some really enhanced audio features, which is something that's really important to me for all the work that I do. It's a pretty expensive little motherboard by ASRock, one of their more premium sides of their boards. And so we, of course, got to pair that with an AMD Ryzen 7 3700X 8-core. We've got the G-Skill Trident Z Neo. You want to go with the Neo RAM because that's for your AMD Ryzen processor, specifically the Noctua NHL9A, which is a low-profile Noctua fan. And because we've got that PCI 4.0, we got to go with the Sabrent 500 gigabyte. That's where we'll put our operating system. Everything else will store in something a little slower. NVMe PCIe 4.0 M2. And we have, of course, the 600-watt Corsair SFX series, which is a smaller form factor power supply there that will fit in the Leon Lee. So that is what I have in my cart for a grand total of $1,062, do I hit buy? That sounds like a great price, especially for being a small form factor. I mean, I I, I know that Lee and Lee is, is like really nice looking cases and that stuff. I don't know the majority of what the things you listed off actually mean, because again, I'm not a hardware person. But it, I just wanted to point out, this is kind of like a fantastic example of why we started this show 
because none of that stuff would have came into my purview at all. And that I'm so excited to, to even check out what this is going to look like. Cause I, I know that Lee and Lee is like a nice high quality looking yeah. case, but I didn't know they had those kind of small form factors. And at the same time, it shows that you are like the perfect example of a person to be a part of this show. Like to, to you know, be like, cause you're, you're you had, you started the show with this massive beast of a computer. And then you're like, you know what? I'm going to try some other stuff. I'm going to try a Mac. You're like, okay. Then you try a Mac. And you're like, you know, I'm going to try an, uh, an Intel NUC with a small form factor that's just uh, external GPU. You know what? I'm going to try another thing. It's like, this is, this is exactly what makes this show awesome is all <laughs> the different aspects of like learning these things. And like, and also for me, vicariously, so I don't have to do all the work. I love that part. <laughs> yeah. The building it thing is uh, not. Not I actually enjoy it, but not for everybody uh, to to enjoy that. But I actually been wanting to purchase this and hit buy on it. But I thought you know it would be fun because I remember one of our earlier episodes, Wendy saying, "I have this stuff in the cart, but I haven't hit buy yet." And I thought, "I'm maybe I'll hit buy right on this show, just for the fun of it. You know, maybe I'll just go ahead and and click buy here." And we'll have this to talk about in the upcoming episodes. Well, Wendy, oh, what's your awesome. verdict, though? Should he do it? It sounds like a fun little machine. Like, even more so, I kind of like the idea of some of those small form factor machines. So that's what's on the de- or the kitchen counter is a small form factor. And then I'm sitting next to this massive computer case that I have. And sometimes I think it is so nice to have all the space that's in here, but it would be even nicer sometimes to have that extra space on my desk. That sounds like just a killer small form factor. What I didn't mention is this is my new kitchen computer to destroy <laughs> Wendy for once and for all. I Don't win. Click buy. Don't do it. <laughs> Don't click it. Don't click no, absolutely. Uh, click click buy. That is yes. That sounds like a great machine. I'm envious of your All right. Boom. The order has been placed. The order has Woo-hoo! been placed right here on the show. So we will be building on my channel this amazing TU150 computer and mini ITX as well as talking about on hardware addicts and having some fun with it. So Heck yeah. There you go. Can't believe I hit buy. Well, you're the one who set yourself up to buy it. <laughs> you're like, I can't believe I have forced myself to buy the thing that I wanted to buy. That's going to oh, be a no. fun little machine. How dare me. This episode of Hardware Addicts and the entire Destination Linux network is now sponsored by DigitalOcean. DigitalOcean offers the simplest, most developer-friendly cloud platform. It's optimized to make managing and scaling apps easy with an intuitive API, multiple storage options, integrated firewalls, load balancers, and so much more. You can get all this plus access to their world-class customer support for as low as $5 per month. Or you can get their flexible pricing structure for as low as 0.7 cents per hour. As Ryan would say, that's darn near free. DigitalOcean also has over 2,000 cloud agnostic tutorials to help you stay up to date with the latest open source software, languages and frameworks get started on DigitalOcean for two months free with a 100 dollar credit by going to do.co slash dln again you can get started on DigitalOcean with that 100 dollar credit by going to do.co slash dln 
And we thank DigitalOcean for sponsoring this episode. So on Destination Linux last week, we had hardware expert Jill Bryant on, and it inspired us to start dreaming of the perfect computer devices. So we're going to break this up into segments. And the first one I want to cover is laptops, because I see new laptops hit the market all the time. I don't care who it is making it. It could be Razer, MSI, whatever, Zeus. I'm going to click on it. I'm going to go through the features. And first, I'm going to get excited because they're going to say something like, oh, it's got a new Ryzen 9 4900HS in it and all of this RAM and it's thin, thin form factor. But there's always something stupid about it, like, and a 720p screen. Like, what? What are you yeah. doing? <laughs> or the keyboard looks like crap or it's offset. Or, or it's a nose cam for their webcam. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They got this <laughs> yeah, teeny tiny cool. mouse pad, you know, mouse trackpad on it. And it's just, there's always something that makes them complete garbage. And so I thought, why not think about from the hardware addict's perspective, what would be our dream laptop? And so I wanted to start with Wendy first. Well, yeah, let's start with you, Wendy, first, and then we'll get into my dream laptop out there. What would be the perfect laptop for you? If you were to talk to Lenovo, Dell, and they're like, hey, Wendy, we want you to design the perfect laptop, what would it be? So first thing to start out, and this is something that I want so bad right now, is one of the top of the line AMD mobile chips. Oh yeah. They I've absolutely fallen in love with AMD on my desktop. I want something on the laptop with whatever their top of the line at the time when this dream thing is coming out. I I want their best. And that same thing goes for AMD GPU. Whatever is the top of the line and not just, you know, mobile. I want top of the line in comparison to desktop. I want it to have desktop processing capabilities. So for right now, to me, their most top of the line would be the Radeon 7. And mostly because of all of the the RAM power that it has. I mean, that graphics card is just absolutely awesome. And I want that power in my laptop. It also needs to have 32 to 64 gigs of RAM minimum. That's I, ridiculous, I could... Wendy. There's no laptop on the planet that needs that much RAM unless it's from a hardware addict, and I agree with you completely. It absolutely <laughs> has to have that much RAM. Well, the thing is, is if I have a laptop and this is my dream laptop, it needs to be something that I can take with me and replace my desktop computer. So... It needs to have a minimum of 32 gigs of RAM. So you're you're kind of at the point where you're like, look, I don't want a laptop that's just for portability. I don't want a laptop that's just for, you know, light gaming. I want a laptop that completely replaces my desktop. I want a laptop that can get crap done. Yeah, but isn't it weird that they make these desktop replacement laptops and they make these ultra books and they make these things that like they don't have anything that tries to meet that actual like the hardware addict focus. Like you want to have a balance of you want it to be as, as as thin as possible, as nice looking as possible, but also have as much power as possible. And you don't have you're going to compromise on like getting the the form factor and getting the different power and all that stuff. So you can't have like an ultra book that has a Radeon seven or whatever. Right. Of course, you're not gonna be able to do that. But at the same time, 
why can't they make a desktop replacement that also looks good and is powerful? Like that, I don't know if that even exists at all. But yeah, the, all the things you're saying is just is music to my ears because everything. I mean, I'm a huge AMD fan. Well, basically thanks to this show and also the <laughs> tips that Ryan has given and everything. Uh, but and also the same thing about RAM. Like 32 is a minimum. The more, the better. And it, and also it wouldn't have to be like. I think the dream, we should probably clarify that the dream laptop doesn't have to be a, you know, it also has all these different hardware power and it also has to cost $400. I mean, that's, that would be ob- obviously the best dream ever, but that would be completely irrational. So, I think that's part of the reason why you don't see a really good contender for a desktop replacement in laptop. Now, there are laptops that are very powerful and more powerful than most people's desktop computers, but... Yeah. They're always missing some major feature like we talked about before. And there's always something that kind of makes it so that you really wouldn't want to use it as a desktop replacement, such as the fact that it's not repairable, for instance. You can't get into it and change anything and stuff like that that takes it from something that, well, this is really close to what we're talking about. But then there's this thing that makes it, you know, a pile of crap. And my dream laptop would absolutely have to be repairable. I would want easy access to the RAM for upgrades, easy access to the storage devices for upgrades. And not only that, but I want easy access to the CPU, GPU, so I can clean it properly. I don't want a system in my dream world where it takes me forever to properly clean out all the dust on the system. I want to be able to access that stuff with moving, removing a few screws, clean it out so the system lasts as long as possible. That That's part of my dream world is not only to have this stuff, but to actually be able to get in there and blow the dust out of the cooling fans. And that would that be stuff. true engineering excellence. If you could come yes. up with, and it reminds me of the iMac where they have one thing where it's true, one thing on the entire device that's true engineering excellence on the current ones. And that is a magnetic port in the back latch that you open up and it reveals your RAM. Just a magnetic latch. I mean, how cool is that? But everything else they just glued together and and soldered on and all that stuff. But (laughs) the point is that they're capable of it. And that's true engineering genius is the ability to easily be access and upgrade and maintain your system and still pack in all that power. That's thinking differently. And it would be so wonderful to see. And the thing is, I'm not looking for the tiniest laptop. Lighter would be nice, right? Not having extra space that doesn't need to be there. But I'm looking for a screen size that's anywhere between 15 to 17 inches and probably more on the 17 inch side with a port on there to add a secondary monitor. So if I want to, wherever I am, I can be running two monitors at the same time. And this, this is the biggest dream of all. I want Rec 2020 color gamut on it. And right now, that is the biggest, widest color gamut that you can get, period. That's fascinating because something that's never been on my radar, because I'm not, this is something must be specific to photography and the work that you do, because this tech specification and looking at screens never been on my radar. Well, and this is, this is very specific to color work and having the best color accuracy that you can possibly get. 
And in that case, I want the widest possible color gamut that I, love I can it. get. Yeah. I also want, and this this is a bigger kicker, one of the ones that folds in half with the touch and pen function. So that nice. if you're working on an image, you can use the Wacom style editing, but directly on your screen. So is that going to be really big with a 17-inch screen? Yeah, you're probably not going to be walking around with it in hand, but it's something that you could be sitting down on the lap or on the couch and be working and doing some of that fine line editing detail with the pen on this laptop that has not only incredibly color accuracy, but not needing to have a side device to do that fine editing with. I love that. I had that feature in a Lenovo IdeaPad that was AMD. It was one of my favorite laptops ever. Um, I drew stick figures with it, but the point is if I had artistic (laughs) ability, it would be an incredible feature that I would enjoy. I can't draw. My daughter would draw on it. She loves to do her own comic books. And so she would have a blast if she could do that comic book style with it. For me, it would be more photo editing. Yeah, I would love that kind of thing, too, because I actually do do design. And the when I have the ability to like, basically, it's really cool to have a wake up tablet and to do the ability to turn the canvas with the tablet and all that. But having it all built into one with the touchscreen would be amazing because I've, I've used that on some like uh, Android tablets to kind of play with it and see what you can do with it. And it's incredibly limited, of course. But the the ability to just do that on a laptop would be absolutely game changing. Yeah, it would be so nice. And to make this all work that much better, I want the frame to be metal, most likely aluminum. Yes. Flex, right. You're, you're dealing with a larger screen, some major components in there. I want that body to be solid. I don't want it to have any flex. That keyboard needs to be part of that. No flex situation. It needs to be good, good key travel, nice touch to it, but no flex in that body. High quality, solid all the way. I was going to say, as far as the keyboard goes, uh, you also want to You definitely need to have backlight and preferably as much uh, rainbow vomit as possible, right? Yes. Backlight, yes. Rainbow vomit, no. (laughs) Oh, come on. Set the color. It can have RGB, so I can set the color to the one that I want. And that way, it's not a color that's going to hurt my eyes, cause a migraine, that kind of thing. But okay, backlight, cool. So you're you're okay if it has rainbow vomit as long as you can turn it off. Right. As long as <laughs> okay, I can adjust cool. the rainbow vomit to fit what I want, then we're good there. Storage-wise, though, you know, a small boot drive, not that big of a deal. 250 gigs is fine. I don't need a large boot drive. Where it's going to come in with a lot bigger storage, four terabyte NVMe drive, so I can throw whatever I want it, whatever I'm working on, whether it's video or photo, it can fit all four of that. Four terabytes. You know how much that's going to cost, Wendy? Isn't this my dream world? Oh, okay, never mind. Are, are, we, are we building my dream last <laughs> You're right. I'm sorry. I don't mean to get into your dream and start messing it up. Keep going. Stop smashing my dreams. <laughs> Basically, the last couple of things, Bluetooth 5.0, I want it to have, you know, good high quality Bluetooth. I use Bluetooth headphones a lot with my main computer. I'd like to be able to use it with my laptop. And that goes for having a high quality webcam. I don't want one of those that, yeah, it's there and it's really blurry and nobody can actually see you and a decent built in mic. So in a situation where I get to participate in different 
group calls and that kind of thing, it would be nice if I just have my laptop with me that I could hear what was going on. People could see me and hear me without having to have a bunch of different side things attached to it. I think those are something that every basic quality laptop should have. A good webcam with a decent built-in microphone. Is mm-hmm. that too much to ask? No, I I love everything you have here listed out. I think this is one heck of a good laptop. If somebody was to build this, I assume all of the hardware addicts out there listening to us. And by the way, thank you to all the hardware addicts out there listening to us because this show doubled in its audience in July. So we love that. Lots of hardware addicts out there. So, Wendy, mine is very similar. I kind of went a little more specific today on what I would want. I went with the AMD Ryzen 9 4900HS for the lower TDP, still packing amazing power, but you get some good battery life out of there. The Radeon RX Vega 8 is included in there, but we're talking dream factor here. So I'm throwing the mobile version of the Radeon 7 because that's my favorite GPU in existence out there. Uh, my favorite GPU I've ever owned. That high bandwidth memory they put in there is just a beast for rendering. And I love this card. I hate that they stopped production on it because I think it was one of the best GPUs AMD ever made. Not only is it one of the best ones they made, I'm still so bummed that the now the cost to get one even used is so incredibly high. I mean, how do you think I can afford that new mini computer? I just sold the Radeon 7, and that pretty much paid for that whole thing. You're not kidding when you say they get a premium for them. I hated Mm -hmm. selling it, but people are way overpaying for them right now, and I'm sure AMD has some tricks up their sleeve here in the next few months. Lisa Sue will take the stage and be like, guess what? Here's a new one. Here's something super awesome. It's like, guess what? Radeon 8. There you go. (laughs) Um, I'm fine with 16 gigabytes of DDR4 RAM here, though. I think when I wrote this, now that I see yours, I'm a little bit jealous. So I'm going to steal Wendy's and go, yeah, 32 minimum. Yeah, I'm going to dream big. (laughs) It's got to be the unibody aluminum. Wendy, everything you said there is 100% correct. When I hold a plastic laptop in my hands today after holding aluminum laptops, I just cannot I I can't get into it. It feels cheap. I know plastic's lighter. I know people will say it's better for drop tests and you won't have the dent corners, but it looks like crap. And I just don't like it. I love the aluminum body feel. It's just brings you a whole different experience, this premium quality product that you're holding in your hands. And we're talking dream machine here. I don't want some cheap plastic surrounding it. Backlit keyboard's a must, but I want the the infinity screen from Dell. I want a small bezel. That changed my life when I picked up one of those Dell XPSs with an infinity screen. I didn't think it mattered. I kept hearing people talk about the bezel's too big. I'm like, you're stupid. And then (laughs) I got one and I was like, oh, they're not stupid. It's because it's completely just brings you into that screen when you have that infinity edge and you don't have this giant border surrounding the picture. It's just more captivating that way. Yep. I, I want a large glass touchpad. I am so sick of everybody not stealing the best thing Apple created, which <laughs> is the glass trackpad. Like you steal everything else, but you still leave the stupid rough 
plastic feeling crap, tiny trackpad in the middle of your laptops. And I just don't get it. Like it's so obnoxious that so many laptops go with this tiny, tiny plastic cheap trackpad. You know, I love some of these computers from like system 76 and others, but that's the first thing that I just sigh when I open them up <laughs> because you just, you look at the trackpad and you're like, what, why, why did you do this? Why don't it, it can't cost that much more money. And it would make the whole, it makes the whole experience so much cooler. I want plenty of USB four ports in there. I want a 4k monitor OLED. Of course, no more of this 1920 by 1080 nonsense that keeps being put in these premium laptops. We're past that now, people. We need 2k, 4k minimum. No more 1920 by 1080. That's where they're cutting costs and saving money. I need that brightness in there as well. I don't want no dull screen. So 500 plus nit brightness, 13 to 16 inch screen. I love anywhere between that. Anything over 16 is just too much for me. So from a portability standpoint, we've got to have the NVMe PCI 4.0. Great tactical keyboard like the Magic Keyboard in Apple. I mean, they nailed it. One of the best keyboards I've ever typed on. Uh, Built-in webcam cover. I love when I see that in laptops these days where you've got a little switch you can flip, uh, where you can cover up the camera, make sure nobody's spying on you. You've got the fully upgradable, of course, like Wendy said, customizable LED backlid. Remember when we covered that and from the CES show where they had the... Oh, whole, yeah. The, yeah. The, the Acer Asus. They had like this crazy like special thing you could do, like all custom like graphics and stuff and animations on the back of the thing. Like, why would anybody want that? Well, I do. So give me. Right. Who wants a stupid Mac logo when you can have a customizable LED backlit? Come on, that's amazing. If somebody's like watching you in a store and you could just like have it right on the back of your laptop, you know, or draw a middle finger or something. How amazing is that? (laughs) It's like you think you're a hipster. No, check this out. Right. That's just a hacker's (laughs) dream. And I think the last thing I'll mention here is high quality surround sound effect top Firing speakers, laptop manufacturers. Yeah. I am going to smack all of you with a fake hand because it can't be violent. I'm going to virtually <laughs> smack all of you. Metaphorically smack yeah, you. In meta- the face. Thank you, Michael. I'm going to metaphorically smack all of you if you keep putting your speakers on the bottom of your laptops. It's a laptop. It sits on your lap, and the speakers are firing into your legs. How stupid is this? Uh, Even as the person uh, who's not an audiophile, it makes total sense to me to have top firing speakers. I know some of my favorite phones have had speakers that fire from the front, not on the bottom, but that dual front firing speakers. That's been the best on phones. Why isn't it standard on laptops? I I have no idea. I, I think it's another thing where I see genuinely good laptops where I'm really pleased with a lot of things and then you hit the sound of them and you're just so disappointed because they put the cheapest junk speakers possible inside of them and it just takes away from the whole enjoyment of having a laptop. I don't know why they keep doing it. Uh, Finally, I'll say I would like, because this is DreamWorld, a macOS Linux pass-through capability. So the giant glass trackpad I just swipe my fingers. I'm in Mac OS to the right. I swipe my fingers to the left. I'm in a Linux distro. So you've got the pass through with Mac OS and Linux instead of a Windows Linux pass through. 
That to me would be pretty awesome. So did Mac OS have that much of a enjoyment to the operating system for you to want to switch back and forth between the two? Absolutely. I loved Mac OS for what it was. Now, does it have its limitations? Absolutely. I cover that in some videos. It has a lot of limitations. Honestly, most of the limitations strangely that frustrate me with Apple as a whole, because if we go through this dream laptop, a lot of the things I talk about here, Mac does top firing quality speakers, big trackpad, great, beautiful screens, very bright. They nail a lot of that, but you can't repair any of them. So if anything goes bad, well, you've got a $3,000, you know, paperweight sitting on your desk. So that kills it. But Mac OS itself is very similar to Linux, like ridiculously similar to Linux. So similar I almost felt like I was in Linux when I was playing with it. So to me, macOS has a lot of great things. They do a lot of stupid things like backing Metal instead of Vulkan, which means gaming on Mac is terrible. Linux is far better at gaming. So there are things that I think overall Linux just does better. But I liked macOS. There was something about it that it just got out of your way and made you want to get to work. So I could see a world in which I'd want to play with both. Definitely. Yeah. A Mac, a Mac OS is very interesting because it's like a, it's a cousin to Linux because people think that like, you know, Linux is very complicated, but if, if you can use Mac, you can use Linux. And that's the really interesting thing about it because they're very, very similar. So, but the difference is, is there's a lot more polish on Mac because there's less fragmentation of effort. And because of that, it just makes it, a, you know, it is, it, I will admit that macOS is, if I had a choice only between Windows and macOS, then the easy answer is macOS. But since there is Linux, that, that makes it easier. Yeah. Uh, but the, the thing about you, you, you know, I know no one's expecting me to have like a dream laptop list of all these different specs and stuff like no, that. No, we know you have one. You just would never open it. It would sit in your room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would just be in the box forever. That's a great looking box though, if you got to admit it. But, um, so I think the way that I would look at this is kind of a hybrid between both of what you're talking about, because I want a very nice, like really good power hardware in the laptop itself. I would like the powerful GPU and CPU and stuff like that, but and also the high level RAM and everything. But also portability for me is probably the more interesting thing. So I want to have everything like as a small form factor, like an ultrabook, but I want it as, as powerful as possible. It doesn't really have to be like a thin ultrabook thing. It just needs to be, you know, focusing on the packaging and the engineering in that aspect, but also have as much power as possible. But the reason I want that is because I also want it to be on the lower end of the screen size, have a 13, 14 inch screen or something like that, maybe 15. I don't know, but around that, that size. And then I want a heavy focus on compatibility with a dock and having like a a USB type C dock where you would have like all the power and everything you want inside of this, this dock that has the, like the Radeon seven and has the full Ryzen nine stuff and has all this crazy power that inside the dock. So I can just attach the laptop on there and have all that power and it'd be a smooth transition and not have to worry about it. And, and all the like the multi monitors and ultra wide or whatever that comes with the dock would be completely trans like you know be transparent connections. That's what I think would be my favorite approach to a dream laptop because I I love the idea and portability of an ultrabook, but their power is so minimal. So if I could have that portability, that thin approach, 
and at and the lightness and all that stuff. But then when I want to have power, just attach to the dock and have that. That would be amazing to me. Yeah, I like that idea. That definitely you dreamed good, Michael. That was a good dream. Yes, I know hardware at least a little bit where I can <laughs> pretend to dream about something that doesn't exist, but it would be awesome. Well, what I do. like is you know what you want. You've thought about the laptops you've had in the yeah. past and what they're missing. And what's interesting is if you take out some of the fantasy stuff in here, what we're asking for really is not impossible at all. But I challenge anyone in the community to find me a repairable laptop with these specs that exists out there because I don't think one exists with these yeah. features. Not even. Yeah, close. I think I think my my dream hardware, my dream laptop is kind of a way to compensate for the parts that are not possible. And then because I'm like, I, I it, it's more possible to have a repairability and not have the full hardware power in the laptop itself and attach it to the dock that uh, offers that full power. And also the dock could even offer, you know, a, a very nice keyboard in addition to the laptop. So you could like kind of compensate for not having the great everything in one package. So I think that's the reason I, because I also think a laptop for me is a secondary device, maybe even a tertiary device because the phone or whatever. But I think that having that combination of, of peripherals to make an amazing desktop studio type thing. But also when I need to have it to be a laptop, I could easily do it and have also the, all the convenience of a laptop. To me, that would be like the absolute dream experience of computing. Well, there you go. All the manufacturers out there, we have laid it out. Magnetic latches on the back to get to your RAM, your hard drive, removable battery, fully repairable, with these specs, and you can name it. We're going to give you permission. Name it the Hardware Addicts for just the low, low 10% <laughs> cut off the top. Uh, you can name it the Hardware Addict Laptop. I know you'll sell a ton of them, but let's just real quick before we pass on this. Wendy, out of all the manufacturers out there, Zeus, MSI, Apple, all of that, who do you think is the most likely to deliver on something like this? What would be the manufacturer that you'd go... Yep, I figured they would be the ones to make a machine this good. Oh, man. I, I'm not entirely sure. I'd say I'd say Dell might have a good chance just because you know yeah. they, they spend a lot of time kind of mobile desktop type laptops. So I think they have the ability. I've had good luck with some Lenovo stuff in being higher powered. But they love that plastic, I, though. I, they love the plastic. The that I currently own that is made by Lenovo is mostly metal. And if it wasn't for the NVIDIA graphics in that laptop, it would be pretty gosh dang awesome. And it, it's just the NVIDIA graphics. If If I was running Windows, then it would probably be perfectly fine. But because I'm not... It throws some kinks in there every now and again. But overall, they've made a pretty good large size working laptop that can do stuff, actually do some stuff. And I'm pretty sure that knowing what they've done with that one, they could make this one that I'm asking for. Maybe not down to the letter, and, you know, it's it's dreaming. So I don't expect something down to the letter. And part of the reason why I haven't bought a newer laptop is when I look at the cost of laptop 
and see what I've got in my desktop. Most laptops are missing too many things for me to be like, yep, I can totally go ahead and pay this price and feel comfortable doing so. But right now, for the most part, the price is so high and it's still missing just so much that I'm just like, ah, I can't. I'll just go used and and deal with it. So I'm going to blow your mind a little bit here, I think, because there was this computer laptop manufacturer out there that was really the Apple of PC. And when I say that, what I mean is they could charge insane prices for their hardware, but you were getting premium hardware all the way throughout. And that was Sony Bio. And Mm -hmm. they had made some amazing laptops and machines out there. And they charged a premium for that name slapped on the back of them as well but you knew you were getting a lot of quality components that were stacked in there. So I think if anybody would deliver it, Sony Vio coming back from the dead, starting up and continuing back into their manufacturing of laptops, you could see something this beautiful that people would pay a premium for out there on the market. Yeah, based on the, the, the stuff that they do on their cameras and the stuff that they do on all their the stuff with the the laptops that they had with the with the Vio brand and also the PlayStation and stuff like Sony could easily be that brand that does the like the high level product and uh, I was just gonna make a joke about Daewoo based <laughs> nice. on nice bringing it back uh, to Jill I love it yep exactly and also I think that they have an idea like a focus on design maybe it's possible maybe there you go. Well, that's it. Our dream hardware. We're not going to do this. Next episode won't be our dream hardware for a desktop yet, but we're going to sprinkle these throughout where we dream about what the perfect machines will be. So maybe we'll cover a desktop or something else. Not next episode, but maybe a few episodes down the road because it's something fun to kind of stop and do and think about what would make us spend our money, our hard-earned money on an amazing piece of kit, as Zeb would say. And now you know what it would take from a laptop standpoint. This episode of Hardware Addicts is sponsored by Bitwarden. Bitwarden is the open source password manager that I use and trust, and it is just fantastic. If you want to check it out, go to bitwarden.com slash DLN to get started with your free account. So I've been using Bitwarden for a while now, and I love it. It not only helps me keep track of hundreds of passwords, and it also has a random password generator to create passwords for me but it also makes it easy to use it because it has a great convenience of security and convenience because you get access uh, for auto-filling passwords, generating those passwords, making it really easy to use it on various different devices like mobile, desktop. You can even do it in browser plugins and on the command line in the terminal like if you're using Linux or Mac OS. You can do it, all these things. It is fantastic. And if you want to get started, you just need to go to bitwarden.com slash DLN and you get a free account. But if you're like me and you appreciate the awesome stuff that they do with this software, you would want to get a premium account, especially since that premium account is only $10 per year. Oh, per and month, per month. Per, per, I checked it just now. It's per oh. year. You've got to be kidding me. I agree. It is ridiculous and amazing, but it is totally per year. And with that per year, you also get one gigabyte of encrypted file storage, two-step login with YubiKey, U2F, and Duo, as well as Vault Health Reports, and TOTP Authentication Storage and Generation. So many great things. Bitwarden is fantastic, and the fact that it's open source and they do security auditing for you, they hire third-party companies to do that auditing, 
is just um, is, is, it's proof that they are so confident in their software and so confident in their security that not only will they open source it to have everybody look at it, they're also going to hire companies to make sure that it is secure in every way possible. So that is a fantastic company and a fantastic solution. So if you're like me, you want to get the premium edition. So go to make the smart move like the many from the community have and go to bitwarden.com slash DLN to get started. And thanks again to Bitwarden for sponsoring Hardware Addicts and the Destination Linux Network. All right, Wendy, take us into the camera corner and school us about using Flash. So Flash can be so cool and adding stuff to your images. And we're not talking about the built-in Flash that comes on top of almost every camera, both point-and-shoots, DSLRs, mirrorless. Most of them have a built-in Flash. And if you use that, what you typically see is everything is so bright and so washed out and everybody in the room is glaring at you because (laughs) they can't see anything anymore. It's there, but it's really not the best way to get nice looking images. So in this case, we're talking about off camera flash and you can have some of these, the, the cheaper ones that you'll find. So we'll have anywhere starting at like 50 to $60 is one of those small flash units that yes you can slide on your camera or you can use it off camera which is one of the ways i'm suggesting anyway up anywhere up to five thousand dollars per light and when we're talking about those they're called strobes yeah wow expensive so there's this huge range price range here just like there's a huge price range in points and shoots dslrs mirrorless There's also this massive range when it comes to flash or strobes. So when you get one of the external flashes to put onto your camera, you would mount that in the shoe? Yeah, that's one place that it can go. So if you're still using it on camera, it would mount in that hot shoe on top of your camera. I just wanted to show off that I knew that, Michael. Did you did you catch that? The shoe? Well, that that is very that it is very impressive, very impressive. And in fact, I know in addition to to make sure that I could have my microphone mounted in a pr- proper way, so it didn't. It, my hot shoe, unfortunately, is blocked by the screen, so I needed to buy a cold shoe, and that I did that for my camera. So <laughs> I understand the hot and cold sort of. Not. I, I thought you were joking. There's a cold, cold shoe. But, you know, there actually is a cold shoe. It's it's just basically an adapter that you attach to your camera to give you more shoe more thingies shoe thingies in different locations <laughs> you so were sounding so me. technical and once yeah, you threw yeah, thingies yeah, yeah. in that, there all of the knowledge <laughs> all of my faith in your knowledge went out the door no no no. well all of my all of my knowledge is basically um regurgitating what wendy has told me previously about how to get this basically it was like i needed to get a microphone that i could attach to like a shotgun mic attached to the camera but the where where the shoe the hot shoe is on the camera is weird because it's it blocks the display screen when you flip it up to look at it so it's like that's a terrible location so you get a cold shoe to relocate where that would be attached and i don't know what the shoe thing is for or why one's called hot and one's called cold i assume it's hot because it's attached to the camera directly and it will get thermal heat sounds good i don't to know me. i'm making that up Since we're already there, let's discuss what a hot shoe is and a cold shoe is. The hot shoe has electrical connectivity, so it can send or receive signals. A cold shoe is just a mounting point. 
Okay, that makes a lot more sense that there's actually... You know, we should have just asked Wendy to begin with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know? we should have. We should have just not gone yeah. on that weird tangent of like pretending we knew we what we were talking about. We didn't even have to show how dumb we were by going in and explaining what we thought it was. You know, we could have just been like, hey, Wendy, but it's what so is this? Let me ask you about going back to the Flash. Is $50, $60 light, you know, you said they go as much as a $5,000 per light, but is the $50, $60 light, for instance, is that going to give you a good result or do you have to spend $100 or more or $500 really to get to a, a decent light? And to be honest, what I use day-to-day in my home studio are these lower-end flash units. One reason, they're small. Second, they're battery-operated, so I can take them with me and I can keep them in this little space that I have to work around and they're not taking up so much room. One thing that I can't do with them that you could do with one of these more expensive lights is overpower the sun. So say you were doing something outdoors and you wanted your light, you wanted that background, but you wanted your light to set the mood and set the scene, you would need a much more expensive strobe in order to get that look. So you can add so much light that it has the sun, the sun's light is not enough. You want to have more light and it also overpowers the sun. That sounds... (laughs) Like an insane level of light. When you're talking about um, overpowering the sun, it's your shutter speed in those cases are so incredibly fast that you're only capturing what you are presenting, what you're throwing onto the subject in that time that that bulb goes off. So yeah, it is a, it's a lot of light. It's a lot of power. So those lights are expensive. They need massive battery packs, especially if you're doing it outside, that costs a lot of money. And in some of these other lights, you can set the color temperature of the light. So if you're looking in your house, right? And if the lights in your house are that warmer yellow color, that's the cast that it's giving everything. And some of these more expensive lights you can choose, is it going to be more of a blue light, a cold light, Or is it going to be more of a yellow light, a warm light? And you can kind of set those color temperatures in these more expensive lights where the cheaper ones, the color temperature that it comes with is the one that you get. So you just need to adjust your camera for either that light in particular or, you know, make make some changes that way. So that's that's some of the advantages of the more expensive lights. But for one, if you're just starting out working in a small space. You're not trying to, quote unquote, overpower the sun. These lower end or less expensive lights really do an amazing job. And and what's some of the things that you can do with flash? For one, it's setting the mood. So you can't always use a window to get the light that you need for your subject. Sometimes you need to throw some additional light into the room. And one of the great ways to use these flashes on camera is to just bounce the light off the ceiling, especially if it's a white ceiling, you can shoot that light directly up in the air and be able to capture your subjects with more light and not blind them. And the stupid sun <laughs> can't do that. So there you go. <laughs> sun. The flash gives you an ability sun to shape and adjust the light. And that's one of the best things about photography 
is you are painting with light. And you can add modifiers to these different light sources, say a soft box. So a soft box basically is a box that you stick over the light and it diffuses the light and makes it bigger. And you can get them in all different sizes. You can actually, they're called soft boxes, but you can get them in a bunch of different shapes. And in that way, you can choose how the light looks on the subject while still using a light that's $50. One of my favorite uses of a flash or a strobe is to freeze motion. So I will share a picture with Michael so he can put it in the video version of the podcast. It's one of my favorite food shots that I've done, but I'm actually drizzling olive oil over a artichoke and it freezes that motion. I've also got squeezing the lemon juice over the artichoke and it freezes oh, that, cool. that motion with flash. And you can't do that with natural light or lights that are continuous. You need a very bright flash of light so you can have an extremely fast shutter speed and stop that motion. That's very cool. Flash are tons of fun. So don't be afraid to dive in with one of the 50 or $60 flashes. If you want to use it off camera, you're going to need a receiver. So there's a part that goes on your camera into that hot shoe that'll send a signal to a receiver on the flash that tells it when to go off. So if you want to go that route off camera flash, you're going to need that kit in order for the flash to know when to go off. But you can buy some of these in kits all together for not very much. Well, there you go. That's it. Our 17th episode of Hardware Addicts is a wrap. Thank you for listening to the show that brings you your bi-weekly tech fix. And no, I mean, really, thank you. Thank you to all of the people out there who are listening. Doubled the amount of downloads in July. Really made us feel the love out there. And I know it's for the camera corner. I know it's really for the camera corner, but it still makes us all feel good because we associate with Wendy. So there you go. And if you're not all lit up on tech yet, then be sure to check out all the great content on Destination Linux Network. Head to destinationlinux.network to check out all the great podcasts and YouTube partners available. There is so much to fill your brains with. Also, if you want to tell us about your dream hardware, do that out there on the Destination Linux discourse forums, which you can also find on destinationlinux.network. Remember, there's no such thing as too much hardware. Learn, build, innovate, and grow. We hope you enjoyed this show, and we'll see you next time when we bust out the strobe lights to freeze the motion of our dream hardware and hardware addicts. Well done. Damn. Ba-boom. Yeah.